thank our pastor for our opportunity to minister or teach again tonight. Amen. Here they're trying to get their household goods and everything loaded up to move so they don't have to drive a long way to get to church. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. I know how that feels. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Well, it's good to be in the house, and I apologize in advance for not having handouts. Amen. Uh, copier ran out of toner, so you have to bear with me tonight. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So if you have your Bibles tonight, amen, with you, we're going to Proverbs chapter number 30, Proverbs 30, verse 24 through verse 28, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 24 through verse 28. Proverbs 30, the book of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 24 through verse 28. Solomon, the author of the book, writes, Amen. There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. The ants are people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The coonies are but a feeble flock, yet make they their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet go they forth all of them by bands. The spider takes hold, taketh it whole with her hands, and ends in king's palaces. Amen. And I want to teach a little bit tonight from this thought, the Christian life pattern after God's creatures. The Christian life pattern after God's Creatures, Father, again, we honor you. We thank you again tonight. Hey, God, we ask you to show us your way again, and we give you honor, and we give you praise. Amen. Praise God. Many folks are lacking in wisdom and knowledge, discretion, and understanding of God in their lives. The purpose of this lesson is to show how we may learn from some of God's creatures that we may improve our lives for his kingdom. To show how we may learn from God's creatures that we may improve our lives for His kingdom. Amen. Throughout the book of Proverbs, God desires to impart wisdom, knowledge, instruction, and understanding to us so that we may learn how to make right choices and right decisions. Solomon says in Proverbs 9, 9, he says, If you give instructions to a wise man, he will be yet wiser. If you teach a just man, he will increase in learning. So the more you teach or instruct a wise man, he's going to grow more and more in knowledge and in wisdom. Solomon goes on in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 9, he says, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou thus embrace her. She shall give to thy head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Now notice Solomon says wisdom is the principal thing. Amen. It is the where truth flows from. Amen. You need to be wise. You need to have wisdom. And this is why I encourage the, the book of Proverbs to be read, be read constantly because it's all about life. It's a book of wisdom. If you are lacking wisdom, amen, James says, let him ask of God which giveth to every man liberally and unbraided it not. We need wisdom in these last days. Amen. And the times that we're facing right Right now, you need to be able to make right choices and right decisions 
in your life. Amen. Because life is one of those things, if you make wrong choices, you can recover, but it's better to not to have to recover. Amen. It's like character. Amen. Character is, is so important, but if you lose your character, it's hard to get it back. Amen. So you want to make sure that you get wisdom. It is the principal thing. It's very important. Truth flows from wisdom. Amen. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, he said that Jesus Christ is the power of God, and He's the wisdom of God. Amen. He has all power, and He has all wisdom. And Proverbs chapter 8, it says, I wisdom dwell with prudence uh, and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The Lord possessed me, he said, in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, for ever the earth was. When there was no, no fountains, I brought forth. When there was no depths, I, I was there, he says. Before he made the heavens, before he ever established the earth, wisdom was there. So therefore, you need to make sure that you get wisdom. It's the most important thing. Notice what he says here. He says, if you exalt her, she shall promote you. If you're looking on the job and you're looking for promotion, wisdom will get you promoted. Because you make right choices and right decisions. Here, he says, when you embrace her, she will give you honor. And she shall give you a head ornament of grace. Amen. And a crown of glory. Wisdom will lead you straight to the doors of heaven and bring you before God and hear him be able to say, well done, good and faithful servant. But if you do not have wisdom, don't expect to hear those words. Amen. And now is the time to get your life right. Solomon goes on in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 10. He says, when wisdom enter your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, Distression will preserve you and understanding will keep you. Amen. To deliver you from the evil man, from the, from the evil woman too. Amen. We have to have wisdom in order to do what God is desiring of us to do and what God desires of us to become. So if folks are missing wisdom, then we've got to get back to the basics. We've got to get back to the book. So we study and apply these things to our heart. Amen. They're there for our learning. They're there for our example. This book is not going to change. Jesus says in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. Amen. Well, Jesus isn't going to change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So either we're going to get in line with what he's saying, or we're going to miss the mark. Amen. It's not going to be his fault if we don't hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. So God wants us to learn. Amen. What are instructions? I mean, Paul Tell us in Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen and seventeen, he said, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instructions and righteousness, that the man of God shall be perfect, thoroughly furnished to all good work. Amen. So instructions here is to be tutored, uh, educated, or training by implication, disciplinary correction. Chastening, chastisement, instruction, and nurturing. Amen. We got to have instruction. Amen. And you've heard me say this before. Everything you've got to put together, if you buy it, is going to come with some instructions. So you need to follow the instructions to make sure you put it together right. The same way with our lives. The Bible is a book of instructions. It's basic instructions before leaving the earth. And so therefore, if we don't follow the instructions, we're not going to have a right life. It's going to be out of whack. I don't care how many times you walk through this door in any church you go to. I don't care if you go to a mega church. I don't care if you go to a church that's only got two or three people. If you don't don't follow the word of God, your life is not going to line up with what God wants. And you can expect trouble. Amen. A lot of people have trouble because they're not following the instructions. It's not God's fault. You know, he's trying to get your attention. You know, he's sending things to open your eyes so that you wake up and realize, you know, am I ready 
Amen. So Solomon here tonight, he calls our attention to four creatures to be observed. Now notice what he says. He said they're little upon the earth, but they are what? Exceeding wise. They're little, but they're wise. The first one, he says, is the ant. The ant are people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. Proverbs 30, verse 25. Amen. There's, the ant is small. So with the ant, what you see by this verse is forethought. Forethought. So number one, we're going to talk about forethought tonight. That's what the ant represents. You have to give forethought to your life. You have to give forethought to what is coming. Amen. We already know, you know, the pandemic took a whole lot of people by surprise. It shouldn't have because we weren't given forethought. God had already told us things was coming. We should have been ready for it. There's a lot of more things coming. That if you don't get in the book, you're going to find yourself just like you were during this pandemic. Amen. Until God comes back for his church, there are going to be a whole lot of things happening. But you can overcome. You can endure. Why? Because Jesus has already told you, I've overcome. So he's given us an example. He says, I have given you an example. So therefore, we have to give forethought. We have to give careful consideration of what will be necessary or may happen in the future. Of thinking or planning out in advance. Think and plan in advance. You're not going to live forever. You're not going to be 16 forever. Amen. It, 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 most of you have already figured that out. <laughs> you know, so you, you need to give some forethought. You know, I, I think I told you, I ask kids all the time, not just going to school, in college, getting ready to go say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. They're not giving any forethought. See, we have to give thought to what could happen. If Jesus came right now, would you spend eternity smoking or not? Have you considered eternity? You know, we've got to, that's one of the things we've got to consider. You know, Christ died, he rose again. I hope when I die, I'm going to rise too. I have that promise. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. See, so I want to make sure I'm ready so I have to be right. Amen. Notice Proverbs 6, 6 to 8. Go to the ant, thy sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which have no guide, overseer, or ruler, provided her meat in the summer and gathered her food in the harvest. Notice, how many of you seen a bunch of ants in your yard? <laughs> Probably see some in your house pretty soon, too. You know, have a picnic and watch what happens. You know, they're going to be there. Because, see, ants knows that we're going to throw a lot of food on the ground. They know we're going to, you know, eat and, and just throw stuff everywhere. So that's why you see more ants in the summer and spring and fall than you do in the winter. They're preparing their food because they know cold weather is going to come and they're not going to be able to find stuff to eat. And so therefore, they're going to do it. It's kind of like the squirrels. You know, yeah, I remember Brother Terry gave me a five-pail bucket of, of walnuts and I spread them out in the backyard to let them dry out. And I came out the next day and there was nothing out there but the shucks. The squirrels got every nut that was in that five-pound bucket. See, they prepared their food in the harvest time. See, so you and I, we have to be wise. We have to learn some things. You know, you know winter is going to come. I, it, it, <laughs> I just laugh. People go, oh, it's cold when the winter comes. You know, what did you expect? Last time I checked, December and January and February is cold. You know, you buy your coat in the summer. Don't wait till the winter time to buy it, because if you do, it's going to cost you twice as much money. Amen. Or you get it when it's going on, going, winter is going out, and save it. Get a little bit bigger if you have to. You know, 
Because you know winter is going to roll around again. You've got to give forethought. So the ants are gathering their, their food and preparing themselves for the hard times that are going to come. Amen. And as I said earlier, Jesus and his disciples has already told us some tough times are going to come. Notice what Paul writes in the Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. Paul says here in 1 Timothy chapter 4, Verse 1 through 4, he said, The Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Notice, verse 2, Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience sealed with a hot iron. Amen. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from each which God have command, created to be received with thanks to all them to believe and know the truth. Amen. People are going to depart from the faith in the last days. So when people leave church, don't get upset. Pray for them. Because we already know it's going to happen. See, the, the, the forethought is you just make sure you don't go. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, we got to stay put in the kingdom of God. Paul writes in there also in Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 17. First Timothy chapter 3, verse, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also in the last days perilous times shall come. Dangerous times are coming. Do you feel like you're in some dangerous times? There's a lot of people who says this is it right here. You know, you stop and think all the killing and everything going on. You know, it's dangerous times. You know, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, fire, false accusers, incontinence, fires, despisers of those that are good, traitors. Heady, high minus, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For this sort of they that causes to lead captive silly women, later with sin, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Now we'll stop right there for a second. Now notice, he tells you what's going to happen in the last days. Dangerous times. Proud. What did you just hear in the news? They were celebrating. Pride month. Right? Pride. God hates pride. Amen. He hates pride. Read Proverbs 6. These six things the Lord hating. Seven is abomination. The first thing out the window is pride. A pride look. Amen. We, we, we have to keep pride out of our lives. We have to give forethought to make sure that we're getting ready. Amen. So dangerous times are going to come. And so we need to prepare ourselves for the danger. I have to now be alert. When I get in my car, I have to be more alert. I, when I'm, when I'm getting, uh, going in my house and, and what I'm saying and how I'm saying things on the telephone and talking and, and people I'm dealing with, I've got to have some wisdom and knowledge. Amen. There's scammers out there. There's people that are taking you for everything they can. Amen. You, you've got to have wisdom, brothers and sisters. Amen. So the ants gives us that forethought. I, I have to have that forethought as to if I'm going to give in, or if I'm going to say something, if I'm going to hang up, all these things you've got to give forethought to. It's dangerous times. You know, so you have to be prepared. You've got to pre- prepare yourself here. Amen. What plans and anticipation are you applying to your life and, and family? Are you prepared? You know, are, do you have things laid up? you got all your... Your uh, your papers in order. You know what would you do if you woke up tomorrow and the dollar was no good? You gave any forethought to that? What do you think the world is moving towards? Wake up! 
If there's a one-world government, I'm not taking politician. Guess what? There's going to be one currency probably. So you've got to give some forethought to a lot of this stuff. You know, you have to make plans. You have to, as Jesus says, settle some things in your mind. What you're going to do and not going to do. You know, you look at Proverbs 11. You know, it, it, it talks about, you know, some uh, did not accept deliverance. That they might receive a better resurrection. Others had trials of mocking and scourging. Yea, there was stone. They was sown as under. You know, they was beaten. They was bruised. They wandered around in sheepskins and goatskins, destituted, tormented, and afflicted. You know, if the church is tormented, we haven't faced persecution like the forefathers did yet. You know, I've heard some stories, but what would you do? See, these are things you got to give forethought to and settle in your mind. You know, because it's coming. So you have to prepare yourself. Amen. Don't wait till the last minute. Amen. Get ready. Be ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man is coming. Amen. Job gave forethought. Notice, you know, when you look at Job, right out the gate, he gave forethought. Job chapter 1, verse 4 through 5. Job chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Job says, the book of Job says, And his sons went and feast in their house, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting was gone about that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. But Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their heart. Thus he did continually. Amen. He gave forethought to his children. Amen. He prayed for his children. He, he sacrificed for his children. Are you giving forethought to this area of life? Amen. And we see that because Job had a, a relationship with God, when things came against him, he was prepared. Amen. When, when you notice in Job 1, when everything comes against him and he loses everything, it did not stop Job from worshiping God. He still knew to be in the house of God. He still knew to elevate his voice and give God praise and give God thanks. Job says, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. God won't leave you. God won't forsake you. Amen. If you lose all, what are you going to do? Are you going to quit? Are you going to throw in the towel? Or are you going to still praise God? Amen. When Jesus told us the disciples in John 6, he said, Will you go away also? Peter says, Lord, where are we going? You've got the words of eternal life, and we are persuaded. Amen. How persuaded are you? Amen. Are you fully persuaded in your life that this is true? Are you fully persuaded that there's no other God but Jesus Christ? Are you fully persuaded that the only way to be born again is to repent of your sins, uh, to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and live a holy and godly life? Are you fully persuaded? If not, you need to start giving some forethought. Because you're going to be put to the test. Amen. So Job gave forethoughts. And Job 3, 25 and 26, Job says, For the things which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, and trouble came. Amen. You would have thought, man, you're worshiping God. You're living for God, you're sacrificing God, you probably wasn't going to have trouble. But notice, he causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. Amen. There are going to be trials, there are going to be troubles, things are going to come. By virtue of being in this life, you can prepare yourself that you're going to have some troubles. Amen. But your trouble should not take you out. If you are settled and have already given forethought, to God and His promises for you. You've got to be persuaded that He's not going to leave you. 
He's not going to forsake you. You've got to be persuaded. When you go through the rivers of water, they're not going to overflow you. When you're in the rivers of depression, they're not going to overflow you. When you're in the fire trials of your life, they're not going to destroy you. You've got to know by reasonable doubt that God holds your hand, that God walks with you, that when he says in Isaiah, be not dismayed, I will not leave you, I will help you, yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness, you've got to believe it. Amen. You've got to give forethought to these things. Where would I go? What would I do? Amen. Have you really given forethought as to how much you're going to need Jesus in these days ahead? Do you know his voice? When's the last time you heard his voice? Amen. Have you given forethoughts of how you would handle a disaster or family? You know, we we haven't faced a disaster in famine like the people down south. Louisiana, what would you do if that happened to you? What kind of forethought have you given to that? So you, you've got to think ahead. What kind of forethought have you given to death? Come on. Amen. Consider your ways. Observe the ant. Go to the ant. Amen. Have you given forethought if, if God sent an influx into the church? What are you going to do? If ever you walked in here Sunday morning and every pew is run over, what are you going to do? Are you going to be prepared? Have you given any forethought to that? Have you given any forethought to people coming across the border and knock on your door and ask for food or, or a handout or help? What are you going to do? Have you given any forethought? See, these are things you should be thinking about. What are you going to do? Because the golden rule has got to come into place somewhere. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. See, we, we have to give forethought here. Amen. Have you given any forethought to winning souls lately? Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the, uh, fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of righteousness is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is what? Wise. Are you winning souls? Do you give any forethought when you go out the house to go to shop that somebody might ask you about Jesus? Do you give any forethought? You got a track in your pocket? You have a track in your wallet where you go to church? You give any forethought to somebody might just come up and say, hey, where do you go to church? You ever give any forethought to somebody walking up and say, hey, are you apostolic? Do you give any forethought to that stuff when you leave the house? Do you give any forethought when you leave the house that you may not come home. Do you ever give any forethought to these things? The, the importance of hugging your family, kissing your wife and husband and say, I love you. Do you give forethought to this kind of stuff? See, this is what we have to do. Amen. We have to prepare in advance. Don't wait for the last minute. You've got to be ready. Amen. Number two, the second small animal is the conies. Notice he's a fever block, but yet he make his house where? In the rocks. Amen. He's a little, he's almost like a little rock badger, a little rabbit almost like, but he makes his house inside of the rocks. This little animal teaches you about protection. It's all about protection here. Amen. Jesus says in Matthew seven twenty four and 25, Therefore, whosoever hear these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built this house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. 
Amen. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. David says in Psalms 18.31, For who is God save the Lord, or who is a rock save our God? Amen. Psalms 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumble and they fall. Do a host shall encamp against me, and this my heart shall not fear. Do war shall rise against me, and this I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble, He will hide me in His pavilion, in the secret of His tabernacle. He shall hide me, He shall set me on a rock, and my head will be high about my name enemies round about me. Amen. Notice, it's protection. He represents protection. He built his house on something firm and inside of something that is solid. Amen. Psalms 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord that he's my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Surely he will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He will cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings you shall trust. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Amen. God is your protector. Amen. He is the rock. He's the solid rock. You've got to build your life on things eternal. You've got to build your life in Jesus Christ. Paul says in Galatians 3.27, For as many as you have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. Amen. You've got to stay in Him. Jesus says, If you abide in me, and I abide in you, you can ask what you will, and it will be done unto you. You need protection. You're not going to have protection outside of the church. You're not going to have protection outside of the Word of God. You've got to get rooted and grounded inside of the Word of God. Amen. That's your protection. Amen. Notice what Paul says in Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on what? The whole armor of God so that you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. Amen. Wherefore, take unto you the armor of God, having your loins girded about with truth, the word of God, your breastplate of righteousness, learning to do right, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, live in peace, of all taking the shield of faith which you, which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. If you don't have faith, you're not in the protection. Amen. And the helmet of salvation. Your mind need to be covered. Amen. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching there too with all perseverance and for all saints. Amen. You've got to get some protection around you. You know his, his dangers are coming. So the enemy is going to try to take you out. So you have to make sure that you're protecting yourself. You're protecting your family. You're protecting your livelihood. And it comes from the Word of God. You're not going to find safety outside of God. As the Bible says, a horse is a vain thing in the day of battle. He can't save you. Only God can save you. You need to put your trust in the Lord. As David says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. In Psalms 46, he says, God is our refuge. And God is our strength, a very present help in trouble. We will not fear. Amen. Though the earth be moved and though the mountains be carried into the mix of the sea, though the waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling. Selah, there's the city, a river, the city that shall make glad the city of God. 
the tabernacle of the Most High, the holy place. God is in the midst of her, and God will help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Amen. You need protection. You need to put the Word of God around you constantly. Amen. It's solid. It will protect you. You build your life on the foundations of God. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Isaiah says in Isaiah 28:16. Isaiah 28:16. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation of stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believe it shall not make haste. Amen. You've got to believe. You've got to build your life on something solid and consistency here. Praise God. Proverbs 31, 2 and 3. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for own, for and house of defense and save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Amen. Proverbs, I mean Psalms 31, verse 2 and 3. Notice what he says. He says, bow down thy ear to me and deliver me speedily. Amen. God will protect you. He stood on the outskirts of Jerusalem and says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I had longed to put my arms around you. As a mother hen does her chick, but you would not let. Therefore, you are left desolate. Amen. If you don't let God embrace you and enclose you, you're not going to have any protection. You need to stay under the shadows of his wings. Amen. You need to stay close to God. Nothing should be able to come between you and God. Amen. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, Proverbs 18.10. The righteous run into it and is safe. You need to have protection. Praise God. We want to build on this solid and firm foundation. Keep the armor on. Amen. You're in war. Keep your gear secured around you. Number three is the locusts. The locusts have no king, yet go they forth all of them by band. The locusts represent unity. Unity. Amen. The quality of state of not being multiple, the state of being united or joined as a whole. Oneness. Amen. We call ourselves oneness Pentecostals. Amen. So therefore, behold how good Solomon's, uh, Psalms says 133, and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen. Two is always better than one. We need to be operating in unity. Now is not the time to be divided. We are one Lord, one faith, one God, one baptism, one Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Amen. There's only one God. His name is Jesus. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Amen. We need to make sure that we operate in unity. The church is starting to get divided. Amen. We need to work together in unity. Amen. The church ain't about you. The church is about others. God has brought you to the kingdom. Amen. That you can reach others. We heard Brother DeMove talk about this laboring together. We've got to realize that we have got to go out and reach others. It's not about us. We're in the church. Amen. So now we need to go and reap the harvest. Amen. We've got to work in unity. The church is coming divided. You know, we've allowed politics to come into church. You know, that all that's doing is a, a form of the enemy to divide us. Amen. This world is not our home. We're passing through. Don't let politics divide you with someone else in the body of Christ. Amen. We've got to stay strong together. Doctrines are dividing the body of Christ. 
Some people said, I don't believe that. I don't, you know, you have to do that. So what's happened? The enemy has his church divided. We're not in a united front. And when we're not a united, it's easy for the enemy to pick you off one by one. See, we, we, a locust, if you go back in the 30s and 40s when bands of locusts came through, man, they ate up everything. Take a field out in no time, a crop out in no time. You know, because they're in a united front. You get one or two locusts eating over here, one or two locusts eating over there, it'll take them forever to destroy a field. But notice how they come in in a drove. And they'll take everything out in no time. Well, see, that's how the church is supposed to be. We're supposed to be operating in united effort together for God's kingdom. Amen. We need to be laborers together with Christ. We need to be working together. The whole body. Amen. Notice, you know, the church is under attack. Because we're not in a united front. If all the people that say they are of Jesus Christ was come together, the world couldn't touch us. We would be in control. But we're not. We're so divided over political things. We're divided over doctrine. We're divided over so many things has the church divided. Music has the church divided. You know, think about it. So we, we have to make sure that we stay solid together. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, Solomon says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift this fellow, but woe unto him that is alone when he falleth, for he have not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, they have heat. But how can one be warm along? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a three-fold cord is not easily broken. Unite it together. Amen. We need to keep working together in the unity of the body of Christ. Are we on his team? Are we divided? We need to move some things out. Of our way so that we don't allow division in the body of Christ. See, we all should be fighting and working for the same goal. It's not individuality. It's a team concept. And so the locust goes together. They don't even have a king to lead them. But they know they're part of the team. They know what they need to do. And we should be the same way, working together in a united effort, amen, to destroy the enemy of our soul, amen, to deliver people from the hands of the enemy of our soul. We need to prepare ourselves for these things that God is asking us to do, amen. Jesus Christ is the same, amen. You're my brother, you're my sister, so take me by the hand. Together we will work until he come. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side. As long as there is love, we can stand. See, if I'm divided and if I'm not in unity, I have to check my love. See, because love is like the glue that keeps us together. Christ is love. So if I'm in Christ and you're in Christ, we're supposed to be in unity. We're supposed to be working together for the same cause and not divide it. Amen. I'm not supposed to be doing anything that will cause division in the body of Christ. We should be working together. Amen. Number four, real quick, is the spider. The spider take hold with her hands and is in King's Palace. Proverbs 30, verse 28. This speaks to consistency, consistency, amen, reliability, dependability, amen, consistently, see, amen, persistent, stand forth, moving forth, amen, don't look him back. Jesus says, amen, in, in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, he says, no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit. 
for the kingdom of God. Amen. You've got to be consistent. You can't be up and down. Amen. If it was that way yesterday for you, it's got to be that way for you tomorrow. Amen. Think about it. Just because the world is changing, you don't change. Jesus is the same. Amen. If baptism in Jesus' name was was true when you got baptized 30 years ago, it's still true today. Amen. You've got to be consistent in your walk with God. Amen. I'm starting to see as I travel, a lot of people are letting go a whole lot of things. Amen. We have got to stay consistent. The, the spider takes hold with her hand. You never notice you can turn on a spider's web, but if you don't kill that spider, guess what? You'll see that web right back up pretty soon. It'll be right back. He's consistent. Amen. You know that song, the instant spider went up the water spout, down came the rain and washed the spot out, out came the sun and dried up the rain, and the instant spider did what? He went right back up the spot again. Amen. To get to heaven, you've got to be consistent. Amen. And your walk with God. You can't be up and down. You can't be on a roller coaster. You've got to be consistent. Amen. You've you got to keep praying. You've got to keep fasting. You've got to keep reading the Word of God. You've got to go to church. You've got to give. Jesus says, don't lay up treasures on earth where rust and moth corrupt and thieves break in and steal. But lay up your treasures in heaven. Amen. You're going to heaven. Amen. Put your mind where you're going. Paul says in Colossians 3, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things above. Amen. Don't set your focus on this earth. Amen. Because if you do, it's going to pull your heart away from your goal. You'll never reach your goal if you allow the world around you. Amen. Obstacles will pull your heart and mind away from your goal. Peter had a goal. His mind was on Christ. When Jesus says, come on, Peter, he stepped out the boat and started to walk. But when he saw the waves boasting and the waves moving, he took his eyes off Christ. And as a result, he started to sink. Amen. You've got to stay focused. Amen. Paul right into the church at Philippi in the third chapter, the 12th and 14th verse, he says, Not as though I had already attained, either or were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of, Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to be apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I'm apprehended of Christ, so that's what I'm going after. Amen. I'm going to see Him. I'm going to be with Him. So I've got to be consistent in my goal. What am I looking for? Are you looking for that heavenly city? Notice what Hebrews 11 said of Abraham. He sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of the same promise. Why? Because he looked for a city which had foundation whose builder and maker was God. Amen. He was looking for that city. Amen. They embraced the promises of God. You've got to embrace the promise of God. You've got to be persuaded of the things of God. And you've got to be consistent if you're going to receive them. Amen. You've got to move forth. Paul writing also to the church at Corinth. Amen. In the second, uh, 11th chapter of 2 Corinthians, verse 22 through 29, Paul says, Are they not Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. And labors more abundant. And stripes above measure. And prison more frequently. And death often. Of the Jews five times received thy forty stripes save one. Twice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. And journeying often in pairs of water, and pairs of robbers, and pairs by my own countrymen, and pairs by the heathen, and pairs in the city, and pairs in the wilderness, and pairs in the sea, and pairs among false brothers, and weariness and painfulness, and watching often, and hunger and thirst, and fasting often, and cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches." 
Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is offended and I burn not? Acts twenty twenty two four. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witness in every city, saying that bonds and affliction abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Consistency. Amen. You've got to keep going no matter what comes against you. You've got to keep pressing towards the mark. Amen. There's going to be obstacles. but There are going to be troubles. There's going to be things that comes against you in your life. You've got to keep pressing on towards the mark. Amen. It would have been easy for Ruth to turn around and go back. But what did she tell Naomi? Entreat me not to leave you. Amen. I'll turn from following you. Where thou goest, I'll go. Where thou lodgest, I'll lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God shall be my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also of all but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she still let fall speaking to her. Amen. Ruth's, Naomi saw that Ruth was consistent. She saw that she wasn't going back. Amen. And that's what you've got to prove to God. You're not going back. You've got to start being consistent in the church attendance. You've got to start being consistent in your giving. You've got to be consistent in your worship and your prayer and your reading. Amen. You've got to show the devil that you ain't going back. Amen. You're not going to turn around from this precious truth. If it brought you into church, if it's truth then, it's going to be truth tomorrow, it's going to be truth continue. In Acts 2, what did they do? They continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Amen. They was consistent, and you've got to be consistent. Paul says in Romans 8, Who shall separate me from the love of God? Shall tribulations... A distress, a persecution, a famine, a nakedness, a peril, a sword, as it is written for thy sake. We are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep unto the slaughter. Nay, and all these things we are more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We've got to be consistent. We've got to be consistent. So monitoring and looking at those four creatures, amen, the spider, the locust, the coney, and the ant. The ant is feeble, small, but he gives forethought to what's coming. Amen. The coney needs protection. He builds his house in the rock. The locust goes forth by bands in unity in her front. And the spider takes hold with her hand is in king's palaces. Amen. If you want to be in God's kingdom, you got to take hold of this thing. Take hold of this precious gospel. And don't let it go. Amen. Get a hold of Jesus and hold on to it. Amen. And you'll make it all the way to the promised land.